Welcome to the show. This is TJ. Hi, it's Michael. Michael, are you a power bottom? I like to be tied up. I like to be handcuffed. <laughs> You're an idiot. Let's go to a commercial, Michael. They're not commercials. <laughs> Michael. Welcome to Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. I just don't like her. Your hosts, CJ and Michael Burlow. Wait, why can't I say that? It's a lot bigger in person. Stop it. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Screaming. By searching The Quirinstein Bears, the podcast. You really don't understand. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, CJ and Michael. Hey, hey, from across the globe. What's up, homos? Well, I'm not really across the globe. I'm across the state. Yeah, whatever. you're across the country. That's the state, how the, the, state, normal, the, the normal people the say country, it. The country, that's what they say. What's up? How's LA? You know, LA is LA. Um, it's hot. It's warm. It wasn't hot the entire time I was there, so I don't want to hear that it's hot. Michael, we were also 16 stories in the sky. Yeah, but we left wasn't... We left the hotel, though. Yeah, but it was still breezy, and it was still hot. You have to also look at it from the aspect of... Um, We're not in a wind tunnel. Easy, breezy, beautiful LA girls like us. We're LA girls now. You're not. You're in Orlando. So how Uh, can you be an LA girl anymore? Once an LA girl, always an LA girl. That's not how it works. That's how it works. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Hi, everybody. My name is TJ, and you have probably seen me naked on the internet somewhere. Probably. And I'm Michael, and you haven't seen me naked on the internet. Or have you? Or have you. Google it. You might find it. I doubt it. Michael, you left me kind of suddenly on the 14th, uh, and you went back to Orlando. It wasn't really suddenly. I have had that flight booked for two months. No, I know. And you went back to sunny, shiny, hot Orlando. I know. I had to go. Um, to your parents. I don't want to talk about it. No, we're going to. You left LA uh, and you went home to Orlando. Where Don't let everybody think that I live with my parents. My no, parents no, no, were no, no, visiting, no, no, no. Parents were visiting me. Visiting. His parents were visiting. You know, you hadn't seen him in a long time. How was going back to, to your house to see your parents there? I don't want to talk about it. It was miserable. Riveting. Um, <laughs> no, it's, I, just, I don't know. When my parents visit, it gives me so much anxiety, and I don't. So if you listened to two episodes ago, um, we talked about how Michael Kim cleaned his house. Kim cleaned my house. And, which basically means he just kind of really deep cleaned everything, shampooed the carpets, washed the baseboard. Um, Shellacked everything. Yeah, put plastic on the furniture to make sure the cats didn't didn't do anything to the, the furniture before Kim got there. You know, now that she's here, how is your dad and Kim, your mother, uh, enjoying their time in Orlando? They're having fun. Um, we're spending lots of quality time together because I don't have internet or cable in my apartment. Yeah? Yeah. All the quality time. All the quality time. Catching up. You know, I know you hadn't seen them in a long time because of uh, the pandemic Lovato. So I mean, they were here in June. Were they here in June? Yeah, I thought they... they canceled their trip in June. Mm-hmm. No, they canceled their trip two months ago or whatever the hell that was. February? It would have been January. Fe- January, February, whatever month. Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever month. No, they were here in June. Like, right in that, like, couple weird weeks where people were allowed to fly again in New York, they, like, booked a flight and came down. My parents like to do this thing where they'll book a fucking vacation to my house and not tell me about it. So, like, they call me like, a couple weeks ago and they're like, hey, we're coming down, you know, April, this day to this day. And I'm like, I'm going to be an L.A. girl. And they said, fine, we'll wait. They were literally like, okay, we'll stay at your house. I'm like, okay. And then, uh, you know, you came home to them. They were there for a few days. Oh, I got a new car. After, did you? I did. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, But then they were there for a few days when you got home. Yes. And then they left. Thank God. <laughs> you kind of de-stressed, kind of got yourself back in the groove of not being in 
quote unquote vacation mode anymore? Uh, not no, not being in quote unquote unsufferable, unmanageable anxiety with my parents visiting. Yeah, but then they left, so you kind of wait. Right, no, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't vacation mode. It was I'm not in anxiety anymore. Now I'm great. There you go. That's awesome. How is that? How's how's the new car treating you? It's good. That's awesome. I'm glad you got a new car. I'm glad you got to see your parents for a little bit, even if there was some uh, rough in the waterness with them. So how was going to the drag race finale life? Um, it was interesting. (laughs) I'm so glad that. <laughs> no, Michael, I did not go to the drag race. Everybody's finale. messaged both of us asking if we're yes, going to. And we're like, no. Set the record straight. Me and Ginger are not in LA to go to the RuPaul's Drag Race season 13 finale. But it was weird. People were even messaging me, like people that I don't know. Well, it's because they know you were in LA with us. Right, right. Um, and that we were staying relatively close to because we didn't mention that people we were, were staying. talking about us on Reddit, though. They were talking about us on Reddit. They were <laughs> speculating on why me and Ginger are in LA. Um, I can tell you this. It was for wigs and a blanket. Uh, that is why we were in LA. Oh, we're allowed to talk about it now? Yeah, Jiggly had posted that she was coming to LA to film uh, season two of Wigs and a Blanket. Yes. Oh, Ginger posted something about it too yesterday. Yeah. So that is the reason me and Ginger are in LA was to film season two of Wigs and a Blanket that will debut uh, a little bit later this year. Uh, it was really fun. It was really exciting. Some and I got awesome to wash things. the dishes. Right? Mike washed the dishes. <laughs> I did all it was the, so much fun. I did all the food prep, but it, it's going to be a really good season. So when, when you see that come out, please go and watch it. It's going to be really Really fun, really exciting. Just wait till you guys see it. It's so fucking adorable. Yeah, it's really cute looking. It's very colorful, very fun. A lot better than the first season that they did, which you can go watch if you'd like. Which is still super cute, though. Like, it was super charming. It was, like, clearly, like, something, like, meant to be YouTube-y and kitschy and cute. Like, Jiggly and Ginger were complaining about it. I'm like, it was fucking adorable. Yeah, it was, like, very, like, put together last minute, but it was adorable. It was a good first season. It was a good YouTube show, and this will be elevated to be not a YouTube show. Exactly. And then, you know, we're doing a little bit of music stuff while we're out here as well. So if you're, if you're speculating what we're doing that is exactly what we're doing there was no reason to go out and put all these things out there that it's for something that it's not but it was wigs in a blanket and we actually music. shouldn't say what we're doing and just let people talk no about no, no please continue it. to speculate what right. we're doing please give um, us the clout for our podcast <laughs> on the spoiled drag race reddit right? i will not complain please, after you please. showed me that yesterday i went and searched our po- your name and then our podcast and all that came up on Spoiled Drag Race was literally your nudes and Shocker. fucking and fucking. Are you sure that was under the Spoiled one and not the Drag Race After Dark one? It might have been because that's usually where they end up. But right. so um, weird. But it is kind of weird. Also, if you're gonna spell my name, it's there's two E's in it, not just one. I saw that. And one of them put C E J A Y. I was like incorrect. Yeah, it's C E E J A Y C J. Well, it's still weird for me because I don't call I, you C J. So I'm like, good with the double E. Makes me more exciting and more fun. Double E. Yeah, like ecstasy. Double E. You don't do drugs, so cut it out. No, sh- but it makes me fun. Neither does Jinx, and that's why she says she's she's paid extra for the K. Think ha, about it. Ha, ha, right? Ha, ha. But it is a double E, so just spell my name right. Thanks. Love you. <laughs> um, I was I, like, that was the first time someone's talked about me on the internet. I, I like, know, I right? Well, let me, rephrase, let me rephrase that. It's the first time someone's talked about me and not been like a shady cunt on the internet. <laughs> Usually, well, it wasn't even about me. It was by me by extension. It was on CJ's podcast, right. so that technically means me too. Yeah. It's also different for you because normally it's not like the bathroom walls or the stalls or... No. You know, for a good time, I'm call... I'm not that slutty. For a good time, call Michelle. I'm not that slutty. Mm, debatable. Master debatable. <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, LA's been fun, exciting. You know, I love coming here. I you love, never did uh, get my fucking in and out. Well, maybe I'll bring it back to you. I probably I didn't get an in and out burger and I also didn't get an in and out while I was in LA. <laughs> what a fucking shitty trip. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say I bring it back to you, um, but... 
by the time it gets on the airplane and travels five hours to back to Orlando, it's going to be greasy and disgusting, and my carry-on's going to smell like fucking disgusting burger. That's fair. But uh, it's been fun. Um, It's been interesting. You know, Michael and me are really close. We're really good friends. Like, he's probably one of the people in this world that I trust more than most. And over the last, you know, year and a half, me and Michael have gotten really close and everything. So it's kind of weird, Michael, not having you, like... Sitting across from you. Yeah, and bullshitting with you with the doing this episode because I'm so used to just like feeding off of your energy when you're when you're across from me uh, and we're doing this as like a fun thing that we do um, but then it's going to be more interesting when we do the Friday show this week yeah we'll see how that works <laughs> when usually I mean no because when we did the live streams for my last podcast like two of them you were in the same room as me but that was also before we got really really close though yeah that was before like we were kind of like inseparable joined at the hip me you and yeah. Ginger yes um <clears throat> That's not saying anything negative, you know. It's always no. good to, to keep your friends close and your enemies even closer. So that's why Michael's attached to me. This way, if he tries some shit, I'll fucking know. Oh my god, you know I'm not like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mentioned about our Friday show, the last three weeks we have done uh, a live stream on Friday nights uh, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. So figure out your time difference from there. Right. And at or minus whatever you need to do that. And then we go into the Drag Race episode. And over the last three weeks, we've really done a lot. Like the first time we did something, it was just me and Michael bullshitting about our stories and, you know, feeding into the first episode. The episode that we had done that week was a travel episode. Right. And we kind of made fun of Michael for his 27 dates of seeing Lady Gaga. The following episode, we were in L.A. And, and then we made fun of Michael for his love of American Horror Story because Lady Gaga's <laughs> in it. So join us this Friday for something that will probably make fun of Michael. It'll probably be what he's wearing or something. I dress cute. You, you did. The last time, you know, the, the live stream we did in L.A., you had that leather top, leather top on. What was his name? <laughs> Unfortunately, this Friday, if you're looking for our live stream, there will not be one. Maybe we'll do something cute on Saturday. But that doesn't mean you can't go out and have fun. Join or tip us, us. Or tip us. I mean, you can tip us. You can go to the Queerinstein Bears, uh, Bears and hit that donate button. Uh, you can go ahead and, and send us some money if or you Or if like. they do it through Indiegogo, they get merchandise. Right. Or, like Michael said, you can go to our Indiegogo page. All you got to do is search Queerinstein Bears, the podcast, on Indiegogo. Um, and there's the four tiers you can choose from. If you don't want merch... You don't necessarily need to do a 5, 10, 50, You can just or choose an amount, right? You can just choose an amount. It's toward the end of it. All you got to do is put in uh, how much you want to donate. There won't be a prize or a piece of merchandise. We'll send it, you something cute. But we'll probably <laughs> send you a personalized video. Also, anybody who donates 5, 10, 50, or $100 on the Indiegogo who also gets merchandise, uh, we'll have a section on our website toward the end of the Indiegogo campaign where we will list all of your names and we'll also give you a shout-out on the podcast. Right, absolutely. So, so thanks for your money, bitches. Thanks. And again, just so it's clear, all that money does go to improving the quality of the podcast uh, and the I quality that really of the nice. Friday live streams. I want that really nice soundboard. Right. There's um, a soundboard that has built-in, like, sound pads on it you just hit it and it puts it in a pre-recorded sound and i was like i need this yes because we don't post produce this <laughs> that's not the point <laughs> but anyway um all that money will go into making the podcast and our friday night live streams bigger and better it'll go into bringing guests on the podcast so we can give them a little thank you for being a part of the amazing podcast it also allows you guys to hear us see us a little bit bigger and better there's nothing wrong with being bigger and better exactly i'm already big and better so it's fine michael guess what no Guess what? No. Guess what? We're not doing it. I'm going to do it. No, you aren't. You want to bet? I do want to bet. It's time for a moment to breathe. Oh, you're such a biatch. I thought you were going (laughs) to. Life is beautiful. 
but undoubtedly it can be filled with difficult or even unbearable moments. During seasons of loss and emptiness, there may seem like there is no way of breaking through. Whether you're grappling with the death of a loved one, a gut-wrenching heartbreak, or moments where you feel alone. In these tough times, for some, faith can make a difference. Perhaps you know of a friend in need of a little positivity, or you're searching for strength yourself. To me, finding my faith right now where I'm at is putting all of my trust in something bigger than myself and living for something bigger than myself. Me personally, I don't believe in a single God that's watching over me, but rather multiple entities. Faith is what you believe in, so don't allow others to force you to believe anything you don't want to. That's pretty. I like that. Right? That's so a, when we when we I needed to hear that every right? time it's a bad day. When we do these these episodes, Michael usually will send me a mostly done, mostly done outline, and then I just have to fill kind of in my stuff. Um, you know, he usually sends it, and then I usually send it back in like maybe five two or minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah, and then when it comes to the moment to breathe stuff, usually I have something typed out like ahead of time. This way, all you gotta do is copy and paste. Did you not have that one it. typed out when I sent it to you? I day? did. I had like ninety percent of it. Posted, and I try to do when I when I do the moments to breathe, make it kind of focused on one topic. So, like I've done the one where it was like hope and then love. This one is is based on faith because you know the episode before this we talked about being gay in the Christian religion and gay in the Jewish religion, right? And it really kind of like made me think about you know the religion aspect of of giving people a message to to carry on for their week. Um, and this one really kind of hit me because I'm like. It's true, you know, when we go through those moments where we don't know what's going on in life with ourselves, whether it be, like I said, dealing with a heartbreak or a, a tragic loss of somebody close to you, um, or just being told you're not worthy or something, we search for something that's beyond our control to help us through those moments. You know, some people will turn to prayer and they'll turn to a, to their God and ask for guidance in in getting through those moments. Or they'll turn to their loved ones and they'll ask their loved ones for, for hope and guidance through those kind of things. And either way you go through, whether you go through your God or you go through your loved one or you go through a really close friend, th- those are the people that you have faith in to help steer you through these, these hard times. And growing up, I didn't really look to quote-unquote God as my faith to help me through bad times. Yes, when I was wrestling... I would say a quick little prayer before I walk through that curtain to help whoever is looking over me, whether it be God, uh, my grandmother who had passed away when I was really young, or you know, whoever's out, whoever's out there, yeah, whoever's out there to to guide me through that match so I didn't hurt myself, hurt who I was wrestling, um, and make sure that the moment that we were creating was impactful to be remembered. Um, but now, as an adult, a gay adult, I don't necessarily turn to God. To help me steer, I turned to friends and, and, and Joshua, also known as Ginger, to kind of help me through moments. What I'm basically trying to say is find something, whether it be a person, a godlike entity, a friend, to help you through moments that you need help through. And put everything you can when you talk to them in there so this way they can guide you through whatever you're going through. If you need someone like that and you don't have someone like that, I'm always here. My DMs are always open, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I know Michael's is always open. You can always go to him if you ever need guidance in something. Um, if you don't feel like you have somebody in your life, 
like that, please reach out to us. We would love to talk to you and, and try to help you through whatever you're going through. Whether it's a, a, a really dire thing like a death or anything or something as minuscule as I had a bad day and I need someone to talk to. Right, you. absolutely. Reach out to us. We would love to talk to you and help you through whatever you're going through. So just take this moment to breathe through the rest of the week and always remember that we love you, that we're here for you, and that life does get better. So, Michael, while they take this moment to breathe and kind of collect their thoughts on what's going on, I think it's time for my favorite thing no, to do. No, no, no. It's time to take a commercial break. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes. Why, hello there. It's me, the Colonel. It don't take a bona fide Einstein genius to know that I'm an oldly fashioned sort. But when it comes to the subjugation of marriage rights, why well, I reckon I'm a bit more progressive than my pals down at Chick-fil-A. Yep, let it be known that Colonel Sanders loves the gays. Hell, I, I might even be gay. Hey Colonel, dinner's almost ready. Be right there, O'Marion. See? Sorry. I was just tapping a toe to my favorite Bette Midler album. Thighs and whispers. <laughs> I know what you're thinking as you lie there snuggling up with your bear. You're thinking, how do I know you're not just a gibber in this jab to win more of my gay business? Well, you don't. But what you should know is that I love all gay people, always. And we're open on Sundays. That's right. The only church the colonel attends on Sunday is the Church of Chicken. Not to be confused with Church's Chicken, whom I hear, unlike myself, hate gays. We all know that when it comes to the chicken of America, I prefer the white meat to the dark. But never in my 140 years on this earth have I ever harmed a gay. Hell, I prefer to see the world the way my hormone-loaded, antibiotically-engineered chickens do. Without gender. Her beaks, her butthole. We're so gay, we're even issuing a table dance mandate at participating locations. Only the pocket squares of a gentleman can be used as a banana hammock. <laughs> Hell, I don't actually give a shit. Gay or not, you're all just a bunch of big old money mouths walking around talking and eating. But if you have to pick one chicken chain, why not pick us? I know their service is better, but. We got those balls. If you want the gayest chicken, you have to visit me. <laughs> We're in Steam Bears, the podcast. <laughs> I think I'm feminine. Michael, that's like accent. Uh, if Stevie Wonder asks, am I blind? You really think I am? Michael, you have what I like to refer to as gay voice. <gasps> and gay shock. <laughs> you really think I have gay voice? Yes, Michael. No one's ever said that to me before. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm so used to just telling people how it is. Michael, you sound like a fag. Appreciate that. that. Um, Michael, yes, you, you have gay voice. I 
didn't realize that was a thing. Have you never heard yourself talk? I've heard myself talk, but nobody ever said I had gay voice. Wow. Um, I think this is breaking news on the podcast. Michael has gay voice. <laughs> I, but I, I don't think that's bad. See, I don't think people realize that like you can't control how the inflection of your voice is or the depth of your voice. Or we can't like all sound like Chris. Um, no, we can't. Thank God. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things where like people don't realize that just because you have quote-unquote gay voice doesn't mean anything. I've known a lot of people who have a more feminine voice. Thank you. That's an appropriate way to phrase it. Who aren't feminine at all. Like me. No. I'm not super feminine. Yes, you are. Michael, you wore a leather top um, on our live stream. You, it's fashion. Look it up. Oh, it's is that what it is? Yeah. It's called fashion. Yeah, what do we do with fashion? fashion we a very long time. But I, I, I don't necessarily think quote unquote femme voice or gay voice really defines the personality of a person, if that makes sense. No, I don't disagree, but I don't think that every aspect of my personality is feminine. No, I don't think so either. But like I just said, you know, voice doesn't necessarily make the character. Right. You know, you know when you answer a telephone, right? To like talk to somebody who doesn't know who you are, whether it be like a bill collector or you know something like that. Right? Do you ever get the hi, ma'am? No, never. Michelle, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Hi, ma'am. Is your husband home? All the time. I get it all the time. I guess so. They've told me. So what? What kind of challenges do you, as somebody with a feminine kind of voice and tone to it, kind of struggle with when when it comes to like everyday things, or or not everyday things? Let me rephrase that: everyday gay things, like when you go to meet somebody for like a hookup, or like you're talking to somebody and you're trying to like can tell them like, yeah, I. What well, a hook up! My mouth's usually full, so I'm not talking. But you have said in past episodes that you are a verse you are a verse bottom correct the verse being silent which alludes to the people who are listening that you also can be a top whenever you know the the, if it if it needed to happen yeah but like how does that conversation happen because i'll be honest when i first met you i was instantly like oh he's a sissy bottom mainly because of your voice and the way you carried yourself oh that's lovely to know i mean but it's true Um, we as gay people we put people in boxes we put people in boxes and we are the first people when we see somebody for first impression are they a top or a bottom that is very true and it goes by the way we carry ourselves and the way we sound yeah when people meet me for the first time they don't realize that i am a homosexual mary i don't carry mermaid hair but this is before i dyed my hair when it was brown and it was my natural color i knew you were gay the first moment i met you that's because you are a homosexual you know the little nuances to pick up to, to figure out oh this person sucks is dick right but in in the straight community in the cis male or cis you care female, way too much about your appearance to not be gay but people don't know that i don't that is a thing That's they true. don't realize that i take a shower once or twice a day and spend 40 minutes doing my hair right they have a dollar water bill for exactly, your showering that i look amazing when i walk out the house or, or present myself when i'm with ginger they, to them it doesn't they don't think these things but with somebody like you who is very feminine presenting if you will with the way you carry yourself your voice you're very prim and proper when you go out with your dress with your style and stuff like that People instantly will connect, oh, well, he's a gay. A gay. A gay. The only gay in the village. I am the only gay in the village. I'm here to do gay things. But going back to the original question, like, as somebody who presents very feminine with a voice and clothing and style, what kind of things, like, in the gay community do you kind of face? Well, I'm instantly pegged as a bottom, usually. And, like, like 
I'm pegged usually as a bottom. But like, like I mean, I wouldn't say it's from the gay community where I'm pegged and troubled with things. I think like it's more or less the world that's not the gay community. What do you mean? So like growing up, like having like a super masculine father that's like into working out and like a prison guard and like super like big and bulky masculine. It's like disapproving of anything remotely feminine or disapproving of like like hearing the commentary like when the gays are on TV, like look at that sissy or like look at that like stuff like that. Like that's where like the the like issues or like the the like struggles come from. It's never I don't ever really feel it from the gay community. So you think the straight community exacerbates. Stereotypes. Stereotypes. Well, of absolutely. They do. I mean, they see Will and Grace, and they see Jack on Will and Grace, and go, "Oh, that." I guess that's how every home. Right, and like as someone who like kind of fits in with a cookie cutter stereotype. Not gonna lie, I'm sorry. Stereotypes are sometimes based on truth. Like they're all based. They're on all truth. based. Their stereotypes are based on truth, and there are portions of my personality, portions of me, like I'm, I'm super fun. Like the stereotypical gay guy is like well dressed, fun, silly, goofy, like have a good time. And like, that's generally my personality. Like if you know me, are you sure you're sure you're not straight? <laughs> like, like, I like, like, you know, like I'm fun to be around. I'm silly. I'm goofy. Yeah. I'm wild. Like that's screaming. just like screaming. I'm just like, a, I'm a lot and I'm super over the top. I'm just like a very charismatic person. Yeah. And usually that's like that super like, like femme. I don't, I hate using the word like that's super like, like feminine feminine yeah i yeah i just don't like i just don't like the phrasing of it no it it automatically associates a negative connotation with it like by being feminine you are like yes but stereotypically throughout society like women are looked as as less than men stereotypically so therefore kind of boxing in an individual as effeminate or boxing in an individual as sissy or boxing in an individual as like more like prissy immediately i think checks off that like little like brain marker that like they're less than or like they're they're like not worthy of respect we are less than beyonce girl i am beyonce <laughs> in case you didn't know I'm beyonce. hi this is kelly Rowland. i'm not able to make it to my to your city could you please send me 300 dollars on cash app hi this is beyonce hi i'm beyonce <laughs> uh, but I, like i see where you're coming from but at the same time i look at it and go we as a gay community kind of characterize everybody, whether it be, you know... Like, I go to the club and I'm like, there's that daddy top, like... Yeah, like, there's the daddy top. There's the sissy bottom. But at the same time... Where? I don't... There's the sissy bottom. Sitting in Orlando, recording a podcast. Drinking wine out of a solo cup. <laughs> Shocker. Um, but why I agree with you that, you know, we, we characterize femininity as a less than thing i also look at it go femininity and the idea of being feminine doesn't necessarily always mean less than because there are plenty of strong females out there that is true who exude femininity and they exude beauty like we'll, cardi b well we'll use um you know madam vice president kamala as, harris kamala harris as an example she is feminine she is 100 percent embraced the femininity of herself but it's a strong feminine presence you know beyonce a strong feminine presence it's just it's the way you ellen ellen degeneres is a strong she's a masculine bitch um <laughs> but it's these it's it's how we you, don't claim her anymore we could be mean okay, to her. exactly it's how you i guess hone that femininity that kind of defines where you're placed if you will I'm like weird because like I can like come off as super confident but I'm so not like I think I'm good at playing it off like that I'm comfortable in my skin and I'm comfortable with like whatever like who I am and whatnot I think from like the outsider's point of view I seem to be I'm not but I can give that illusion 
do you think people, when you tell them that you're a verse bottom, laugh because they're like, oh, you're not verse. You're a bottom. Well, for the longest time, okay, so for like the truth, and you make fun of me for this all the time, for the truth, I have the longest time, I never bottomed. I was always a top. Yeah, I mean, when you told me you were verse bottom, I laughed at you. I was like, right. no, you're not. Right, but it's like for the longest time, I only topped. Like in my, up until like three or four years ago, I was a strict top. I didn't bottom. It was not a thing that I was into. And you're what we like to call a blouse. A feminine top. A feminine top. <laughs> you're so stupid. <laughs> See, you're stealing your husband's jokes again. Yeah, that's fine. He's not here. Anyways, so we, um, we, like, whatever, whatever. So I was always a top, like, in my, like, relationships and, like, in my hookups and whatever. And it would be, it was always, like, you're a top. Like, you're, you don't bottom, like, X, Y, Z, whatever. Because, like, I don't know. I, I never had any complaints when I was topping. So, like, whatever. And then you show up with your purse and they go, oh. It's not a purse. <laughs> it's an adventure satchel. Oh, now you're stealing my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Cock. Sucker. But, you know, and, and we'll, we'll bring it back to, you know, when you were talking about your father, you know, how he's kind of like uber masculine, a cop, corrections officer, all this kind of stuff. Right. And do you think that growing up being gay and being, you know, we growing up, and by we I mean the community, when you're, when you have quote unquote gay voice or a more feminine tone to your voice, that doesn't just out of nowhere it really you know you grow up with a voice like that no absolutely and for the longest time like but i like hid who i was for a long long time like like we've had this did you, com- did you not talk your whole shut life shut up but aside from that but like you and like you and i have had a conversation like off off air about like how like what like the music we used to listen to and like the stuff like how we used to dress like i used to dye my hair black and have a lip piercing, and like I used to like have the Pete Wentz hair, and I used to like s- like listen to hardcore scream music and that kind of stuff. So like people never like I had girlfriends growing up, like that kind of whole thing. So like people never. I love how you just tried to def- like kind of completely say that people didn't know you were gay by saying I had a Pete Wentz haircut. I had Pete a Wentz lip isn't gay. Piercing, and I dyed my hair black. Yes, but Jeffrey Star was doing the same shit back then. No, I understand that, but like I never people never like pe- it wasn't like a pegged thing. Yeah, but I also think like people back then when we were growing up in the in the you know early 2000s mid 2000s equated emo and that punkish look with being somebody who was gay because And see, I never did. Because, you know, when we were like in the like, well, I always said I was bisexual. That was well, like yeah. the, that, that was like that the was trendy cool thing. thing back then. Um, you know, the early two thousands, mid two thousands. If you didn't fit the cookie cutter cut out of a preppy, like like Arrow, like like, Ar- 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 like Abercrombie, Hollister, yeah, all of them, you were homosexual. If you shopped at Hot Topic, yeah. you were gay. Oh, me and my fuck cat clock me outside in my fucking trip trip pants and a yeah. fucking my chemical you, romance you, tee. Even if you were straight. You know, and you wore those things. People didn't look at you as straight. They looked at you as either bisexual or gay. First time I ever made out with a boy was at fucking Warp Tour. See, exactly. <laughs> but that, see, it fits the prerogative of the of the, <gasps> the the Republican Party that if you don't look like them, you are part of a different community. As Helena played in the background by My Chemical Romance, <laughs> I kissed my right first boy. Um, but like I was going to ask you about your father, do you think that? You tried to not necessarily emulate what your father was doing, being a corrections officer. Oh, never. Do you think, though, that he had some kind of... Preconceived notion? Yeah. Um, I do, and it was like, a lot of times it was like I was forced into sports, and I was forced into like a lot of things, and... But did you enjoy doing those things? So, I like, I played lacrosse for years, and it was a, like a great lacrosse goalie, and I had fun doing it, but it was never like, I want, like, I would like, okay, so I would bitch about having to go until I got there, and then I would have fun, or like... 
that kind of thing. But like it was like I was always forced into that shit. I never had a choice. It was like you're gonna go do this. You're gonna do these extracurricular activities. Like you're not gonna be in the musical. You're not gonna be on stage crew. You're not gonna do this. You're not gonna do that. You're gonna fucking play. You're gonna fucking play lacrosse. You're gonna go hunting with me and get your hunting license at 16. And you're gonna fucking snowboard. God, you said that a perfect for the question I was gonna ask you. Um, do you think going into those kind of things as a athlete? Because I mean, you were. Yeah. Do you think you had to hide the fact that you were a little bit more feminine than the rest of the boys when you did those things? Oh, absolutely. Or, or okay. Well, you being a gay wrestler, like you know what it's like. Yeah, but to me, like, but there's a difference between you going out there and playing lacrosse with a f- more feminine tone to your voice than me right. going into a wrestling you appear masculine. ring. Exactly. Now, at least in in the world that we live in, being a feminine gay, a gay, isn't necessarily frowned upon anymore. Right. But, you know, now we have more feminine gays doing big things. You know, you have Perez Hilton. We're not going to talk about him because he's literally fucking garbage trash. I'm not going to talk about him. But, you know, you have Perez Hilton who's mainstream-ish. You have Jeffree Star who's very mainstream in the But he's not even feminine. He's androgynous. He's androgynous. But androgyny to the gay community or to the people who don't know what it is, is feminine. Right. Uh, You have Ross Matthews. You have Carson Kressley. Ross Matthews is a top side note. But you have all these feminine presenting people in the gay community who have gone on to do bigger and better things. Right. So I don't think it necessarily is a bad thing that you have gay voice. No, I don't either, but I just like, I've never heard it reverberated back to me in an echo chamber before. (laughs) By my best friend. You're welcome. My best friend just said that to me, everybody. He said I have a gay voice. Just because you lower it doesn't make it any less gay. I don't know what you're talking about. My best friend said I have a gay voice. So, CJ... What's Stop. Up? If you're going to talk like that the rest of this fucking episode, I'm turning off the microphone. I'm not going to talk like that the rest of the episode. That's how I talk. Welcome to the Queerenstein Bears, the podcast. I'm Michael. I love how when you lowered your voice I to like Alaska, you like uh, you went country with it, too. Well, nothing twang. says masculine like a country man. <laughs> I like my skull. I like my car heart. And I like my rifle. God, guns, and glory. All right. With my voice, people, like I said earlier, don't kind of put me into that cookie cutter of, you're gay. Right. When you meet me, you're like, oh. Oh, you're gay. Oh, oh. Okay, we get it now. Um, I've been told many times, uh, oh, I didn't know you were gay. Well, then I guess you're blind or deaf. Because there are parts when I do talk that you can hear the the gay. I don't think the, the tone of your voice will like give you away as gay. I think some of the way you phrase things and how you speak yes. would give it away. Yes. Like, if I just, like, I could listen, like, being a gay person, like, I could listen to you talk, and, like, I could pick up on, like, nuances in the way you speak. Yeah. Not necessarily the, the tone of your voice, or, like, the level of your voice, or, like, your like your vibrato, or your bass. I could pick it up from, like, how you phrase things. Like, there's just a way you say things kind of gay. That would just super offensive you to say. You gagging. <laughs> like that. Right. Something like that. Like, <laughs> you're a fag. You're a fag. You're gay. And of course, when we say these things, there is... It's not a place of love. This is my best friend. I can pick on exactly. him. Exactly. So. But also, if you're listening and you're kind of getting offended that I'm referring to it as gay voice or feminine voice or something like that, it's not out of place of disrespect for people who may sound or have the same tone that Michael has when it comes to the way he speaks. It's just the easiest way to get across... This is what we're trying to say without convoluting the conversation right. with professional terms or things that you may not understand. It's just an easier way to explain it to a mass audience by referring to it as gay voice. As gay voice. Because that's what people will understand. I've heard it referred to as dick lips before too, but... Yeah, but that sounds like we're talking about sex, not talking. That's fair. <laughs> but in, in the world I come from, like you know, you know, you talked about being part of sports and having to right. hide the fact that you're a little bit more feminine than 
the other boys when you talk. I mean, they should have known I was playing a sport where balls flew at my face. So course, like, and you were the goalie, weren't you? I was. Of course you were. I was the catcher. <laughs> True to life. Um, but in my world, you know, when I was a wrestler, I had to tell the guys that I was wrestling with that I'm gay. And it was one of the hardest conversations I ever had to have with anybody because these are guys that you're going into a ring with. And rolling around with. And that you're physically touching and you're doing things like power bombs where there are crotches in your face. And when I wrestled, it wasn't anything sexual. It was right. It was out of pure entertainment and an and ability to do something that I've always wanted to do. It was, in a, it was a performance. Yeah. So having the conversation with guys that you are literally touching, that I am sexually attracted to males, was a conversation that was very difficult. And none of them put any... Thing together because I'm very straight acting, if you will, and straight, straight presenting. presenting. Um, I wouldn't in, say straight in, acting; I would say straight presenting. Yes, but in the gay community, it's not a straight acting. Yeah, in, I, in profiles, it's straight acting. It's not straight presenting. Cause um, you do some gay shit. I do some gay shit. You take baths. I do take baths. It's my favorite thing. One of the first things I ever I was like talking with CJ, and I was like, you know, everybody's got that like really gay thing they're obsessed with, and I was like, mine's like Lady Gaga, and he's like. Uh, I guess I take baths. Yeah, and, I, and my other favorite <laughs> That's still my favorite thing you've ever said to me. I think I take baths a lot. And I think my other very feminine thing I do is I enjoy tea time at Walt Disney World when it was Oh, like, that 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 Well, you enjoy tea time every day. I do enjoy tea time. I've, I, when I I was a tea a, fan. I was in that apartment with them in LA and all I would see is just see Jake get up and make tea yeah. three or four times a day. I'm a 50-year-old woman, Mr. Right. Soap Opera. Again, it goes into like, I didn't really have to pretend not to be masculine because right. in our in our society of masculine, like you said, is very much okay. So since you're super like straight presenting and since you come across like if someone doesn't know you personally as a straight male, was it as shocking to those that you did like those sports things with as it was to like everybody in your personal life that you were gay? Well, my parents knew I was gay. They found gay porn on my computer all the time. Oh, mine did too. Um, <clears throat> but... It was very much like a shock to some people in my circle when they were like, oh, because I always got the, well, you don't sound gay. You don't look gay. You don't dress gay. You don't present yourself as gay. And then they were like, well, it's fine. But I'd seen some, I've seen some of your wrestling pictures and I wouldn't have ever pegged you as yeah. like homo. Right? Well, then I'm good. In your job, Michael, do you feel like, okay, so we met when we both worked at Universal. Right. Um, and you were part of guest services and I was a lead for the front gate. Right. Do you feel like people, when they come up to you, when they're really mad about a situation that happened in the park and they get you, who is very over the top and flamboyant and again with gay voice, do you think that they were more upset when they had to talk to somebody like you opposed to somebody in guest services who may have had more of a quote unquote straight voice? I think it can go one of two ways in a situation like that. I think if it's like mother or grandmother or like angry like woman i think a, a over the top flamboyant friendly gay man can talk them down and like yeah. kind of like the same way like i do to my girlfriends like i can like talk them down off a ledge differently than like their boyfriends or whatever could yeah but i think on the reverse side i would get a lot of pushback from you know stereotypical straight white males that they don't want to talk to the faggot or they don't want to like that whole thing like when i was working in call centers i would get i've gotten quite a few times like been called a faggot and like people hung up on me like when i wouldn't do what they wanted so yeah. it was like well how like i imagine it was a different experience for you being straight presenting you yeah know, like, well i mean and this is nothing against anybody who's listening whether they worked with me at universal or or anything like that i feel like i had a more calming voice when it came to situations you do have a calming voice and you do have a calming voice though <clears throat> 
Because I am, and again, this is not me trying to be insensitive to anybody, because I'm a male, and I have that calming, soothing voice, when somebody who's irate, who is also a male, comes up and wants to talk to a manager, they would much rather talk to somebody like me than my female counterpart. I agree. Um, simply because in, in the world that we live in, especially in the theme park world, and in, in the hospitality industry, the males are always the ones that have the power. See, and I, on the reverse, like, as a guest, I would rather go talk to a female. Yes, but because you feel more comfortable with females. Absolutely. You're, you're more feminine. Absolutely. But in, I feel very uncomfortable with straight men. Yeah, but in the society we live in, males, predominantly, and this is nothing against any female who is listening, I love females. For God's sakes, I'm married to a fucking drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've had girlfriends. I just... Are, well, you're pansexual anyways. Exactly. So, you know, I feel like I had more of a easier time dealing with guests simply because I was straight presenting. And right. I didn't have a feminine voice. Right. So, you know, I was able to de-escalate a lot of... Situations. Situations because of who I am. As opposed to all the little fairies like me and guest services. Yeah. Like not to like, not to like be crass about it, but. (laughs) But there were plenty of of people who worked with me in the front gate who did have feminine voice who weren't able to do those situation calm downs because of their voice. Simply because of their voice. Not because they did not have the same power I had because we all had the same abilities to do whatever we could. Right. But because simply of their presenting and voice. They were not able to calm down guests. Right. Well, I've actually, I've noticed it like being a guest at theme parks and seeing the way people react to gays in management. Yeah. Like it's very off-putting. They almost. automatically assume that if you are a gay in management and you don't do what they want, you're mm-hmm. not as strong as your straight or straight. Or let me talk to your manager or whatever. Exactly. Right. Meanwhile, it's the same thing. I they could do whatever they want compare and the person that no, absolutely. Over can do the same thing. Absolutely. In the workplace, there's kind of duality between it of if you're femme, people perceive you as not having power, or if you're masculine, people assume you're better than those who are And that's where the real issue lies in the whole like boxing people into feminine or masculine masculinity. It's like there's instantly a thought process on power and instantly a thought process on like where you lie in the grand scheme of like, your ability to yeah. like kind of get things done. Yeah. That's right, and that's where I think the issue with kind of boxing people into becomes like a thing. Yeah. If you're enjoying this episode of Queer and Steam Bears, you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Queer and Steam Bears Podcast. You can also go to our website, which is QueerandSteamBearsPodcast.com. You can sign up for our newsletter as well on there. I can't believe you said I have a gay voice. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that, Michael. I'm just going to do all my episodes like this from now on. That's fine. People aren't going to believe it. The f- well, people... So I had one... I Sorry, quick little... I'm going to jump in here. I had was on a... I was dating this kid for a little bit. And so he had like... Heard the, the way I talk... Like I'm very like... I'm just very like boisterous and very like over the top when I talk. And then he had heard me like sing at karaoke. And he's like, you sing differently than you talk. So he had like accused me of like my speaking voice being an act. Wow. I was like, okay. Well, that's kind of like when... If, when you- also, I, I will never again date a bottom. That was... <laughs> oh, it's like when you meet Ben to the Krem. The voice she puts on when she's Ben to the Crim is completely different than the voice she puts on when she's Benjamin. Yeah. It's completely I've different. I've never, I've never met it's, her in her life. It's, it's insane. Clap if you can hear my gay voice. Right? Uh, look at all these progressives. No, I just, I, no, you want to know where I run into issues with it is because, first of all, when you become a comedian, 
everybody around you, like your agent, your manager, they convince you that now you have to become an actor. Like you've got to audition, get in there, get in sitcoms, go be a TV star. So like I went out, I did this like audition and I was like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna be an actor. And they always like bullet point like what your character description is gonna be. So, you know, with my gay voice, this is very difficult. Like this one woman was like, all right, here's your character. His name is Zach, he's 19 and he's a football player. Well, Zach's gonna have a secret to share with everyone. <laughs> it's just so stupid. And also, like, I know what I look like. I'm Italian and I'm also Mexican. So, like, from here up, I just look like a deli worker. <laughs> oh, I have what I call deli face. Like, without gay voice, I'd probably sound like, my friend, or whatever. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> that could be like its own musical, like Deli Man, like, come get your meat. That's uh, in my grinder profile. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of Grinder. I'm on it, and I know you, I know who's on it. I, uh, Grinder is the Pokemon Go of the past. Grinder, yes. For, okay, first of all, let me just say this, because everybody else was straight. They're like, well, we have our own Grinder, we have Tinder. Calm down. Tinder is to hap it compared to Grindr. Like Tinder, it shows you how far someone is by like the mile. Grindr shows you how far someone is by the foot. Which is why I think they should call it fruit by the foot. But that's just, <laughs> that would be so much better. Can you imagine? Oh. You're listening We're in Scene Bears, the podcast. <laughs> Right, bear with me for a moment, CJ. Don't mistake my kindness or my politeness for weakness. I'm a real person with real feelings and emotions. Words hurt, tones hurt, and attitudes hurt. However, I will only be polite and kind for so long and so far. If I'm going out of my way to help you out and assist you, don't take creative license to speak to me however you so choose. I may be emotional and effeminate sometimes, but that does not mean I have perpetual happiness inside of me. And yes, even if you are my family, I don't have to put up with your disrespect and disregards for my feelings. Wow, way to call your parents out there, Michael. It's just, it's, it's a generalized statement that also happens to apply to my parents. Like, I'm just like fed up at this point. Join me next week when I'm not going to be butthurt about anything my parents say anymore, <laughs> but... Why don't you get real? Why don't you get real with the people, CJ? If you have listened to this podcast since the beginning, and you are now on episode eight with us, and you think that when I sit here and do the bear with me, and it's about you, guess what? It probably is. These are my way of venting out the frustrations that I have put inside of my body for the last week and or years. If you don't like what you're hearing, well, too bad you're at the end of this episode. So thanks for the listen, fucker. You're so vain. You probably think this podcast is about you. Probably. We need to have a bitch episode, or that's the title of it. That's great. Yeah. You're so vain, you probably think this podcast is about you. That's such a great title. Yes, Michael. A beautiful title. I am the genius when it comes to the episode titles and the editing. Michael, you've come up with three episode titles. No. Yes. Has only been three? Yeah. I just get proud when I do You came up with this one, you came up with the episode before this, and you came up with... Oh, just two. Just two. I just get really proud of myself when I come up with something good. I know, and I'm proud of you. I just want to make you proud. Michael, where can the people find you? They can find me at at Mike Burlow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, but I will not accept your Facebook friend request if I don't know you in real life. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the C-E-E underscore J-A-Y, and that is, again, 
at the C-E-E underscore J-A-Y. You can also find me on OnlyFans at the same exact title. The OnlyFans will only be up for a couple more weeks and then it will disappear forever. So make sure you screen record so all of those videos, sure you, everybody. So make sure you go and subscribe. It's eight ninety nine a month. You can see me naked. But there's that. Um, Michael, it's been a wonderful Tuesday. I hope I you're mean, having fun in Orlando. I'm not, you. but thanks. I'll see you in a week. Okay, bye. bye. the podcast.